When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's going on, you guys? Welcome back to the Neighborhood Podcast. I'm one of the hosts of the Neighborhood Podcast. I go by the name of Kyle Dabra. So for today's episode, it's just going to be me. Kevin was dealing with a pretty solid migraine yesterday, and I told him to not even worry about the podcast for today. I told him I would take care of it. But with that said, we got a couple topics to go over. Um, First things first, uh, we'll go over Anthony Davis returning for the Los Angeles Lakers last night. The Lakers played the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks did win the game, but one of the bigger stories was Anthony Davis coming back into the lineup. So we'll talk about his return and what his impact will bring for the Lakers moving forward. After that, we'll talk about the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks continue to be on their winning streak. They've won eight straight games. And we'll just dive into just the surprise that they've been this season. Obviously, the Utah Jazz have been probably the biggest surprise of being at the top of the Eastern Conference. But the Knicks are definitely worthy of being in that discussion for one of the biggest surprises of the NBA season. And I'm here for it. I, I'm just really surprised and I'm really excited that the Knicks have been this good this year. And to wrap up the episode, we'll talk about UFC 261 this weekend. So the main fight that we have on that UFC card is Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal for the welterweight title. We'll wrap the episode up talking about that. But before I get into Anthony Davis returning for LA, I I do want to mention one thing. And look, Kevin and I, when we started this podcast, we cover what goes on the court and on the field. It doesn't matter which sport that we talk about. It's usually what we focus on. Now, I'm just going to be honest, you guys. I think everybody knows what's been going on in just everyday life over the last week or so. It's been a very hectic week. And I know the sports world has been fully invested into what's been going on with all of these police shootings and the Derek Chauvin trial. And granted, I understand that those are serious topics and I know that they deserve some time to discuss. Kevin and I don't discuss those topics on here simply because we talk about sports. And when we start injecting political commentary into our podcast, we believe that it's a divisive issue. Now, granted, I don't care what side or what stance you have on all these 
police shootings, whether or not the the players should be talking about this or not. I don't care. It's just that the overall tone and the overall conversation is so divisive on either side that to me, it's not worth getting into that realm. And what we do here is just focusing on the sports topics at hand and not the political issues that these players bring up. I fully understand that these guys have their platform and however they want to use it, that's their choice. It's just that on here, we just don't inject political commentary into our day-to-day episodes here. I remember a couple weeks ago, Kevin and I were discussing whether or not that LeBron James and the conversation between him and Zlatan Ibrahimovic should have been addressed. Kevin and I had a conversation about that. And obviously we have our, we have our opinions on those issues or on those topics, but we decided not to talk about that on the episode simply because it's just too divisive of an issue. I obviously feel that this issue is a major issue for a ton of people across the United States when it comes to these police shootings and NBA players, NFL players talking about these issues in a significant manner. And I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to discount that. It's just that on here, we just don't want to add to the divisiveness that these issues present. So if like ESPN and Fox sports one, if they want to do that, that's fine. That's on that. It's just that on here, we don't do that. We focus on what happens on the court, what happens on the field, because that's what Kevin and I have always looked at for sports. They provide great entertainment. Their athletic ability is unlike anything that most people are really capable of being or trying to replicate. So that that was our major draw for sports. And it always has been. So I know Kev probably has his own opinions on this and I'm, I'm not going to speak for him. I'll let him speak for himself. It's just that moving forward, I just want to make sure that you guys understand we are aware of these issues that go on around the world and around the country. It's not like we just ignore them. It's just that on here, we talk about what we think is important on the court and on the field. And we just don't want to add to the already divisive tone and the divisive conversation that these major issues present. So we're, we're a sports podcast. We're not a political podcast. So there are many outlets that will do deep dives into what these players talk about and their stances on what they think is right and what they think is wrong. And if they want to do that, that's fine. It's just on here. We focus on things that, like I just talked about at the top of the episode, Anthony Davis returning for the Lakers last night. You got the New York Knicks being one of the best teams in the NBA this year. And you got UFC 261 coming up this weekend. Like that's what makes sports exciting for me. And I know I would like to think that it does the same for Kev as well, even though that he's not here. I just wanted to get that out of the way. And I just wanted to, to be fully transparent with you guys, just because I know that these are big ticket issues. I know that these are big item issues and I know we don't talk about those here, but I just wanted you guys to understand where I'm coming from and guys don't be hesitant to, you know, reach out privately to me 
to talk about these issues. If you guys want to know what I think about these issues, just just let me know. And if you want to like Kevin know, be more than happy to to reach out to him. But like I said, we'll move on and we'll talk about Anthony Davis returning for the Lakers last night. So he played about 17 minutes last night in the first game in over two months. He was recovering from some injuries to his calf and his Achilles. And just kind of looking at his performance last night against the, the Dallas Mavericks, he did look rusty. Like I said, only played 17 minutes, scored four points on two of 10 shooting from the field. And I think it's a reasonable expectation that he was going to look rusty. He was going to be out of the groove in his first game back after missing a solid two month stretch here. So the way that I look at it it is like this. So now the AD is back on the Lakers. Will the time off from the last two months affect his ability to play in the postseason? So I think really for the next week or two, the major thing with him is to just get back into the groove and it could probably take until the middle of May to really hit his stride again. I fully expect that Frank Vogel is going to keep Anthony Davis on a minutes restriction, at least for probably the next week or two. I think the major thing for Anthony Davis at this point is to just get his in-game cardio back. And hopefully he doesn't re-aggravate anything in his calf or in his Achilles. I think AD will be fine. I watched a little bit of his post-game press conference yesterday, and it seemed like to me that it was not a major issue. He even said that when he was playing, he wasn't even thinking about anything related to his calf or anything related to his Achilles. So it sh- it shows me that he has full confidence in not re-aggravating that injury that he had back in late January, early February. And I will say this, though. He's going to have to rebound from how he was performing at the start of the year. Now, obviously, I think those injuries had something to do with his inconsistencies in certain aspects of his game. Because when you look at what he was doing before he was out for two months, there were some stats that took, that took a hit before he was out. Just look at his free throw shooting, for example. So last year he was shooting 84% from the free throw line, which was obviously one of the best free throw shooting percentages that he's had his entire career. And then you transition to this year, he was only shooting 71%. When you look at some of the other stats, his PER was down and his overall impact on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, as far as like his offensive win shares and his defensive win shares go, they both took a hit as well. And I, like I said, I imagine his injuries had a major factor into why he was struggling in the first half of the season. But the major thing for him at this point is to try to recapture what he was able to do in the bubble last season. He was one of the major pieces into why the Lakers won the NBA title last year against the Miami Heat. And if the Lakers are going to look to repeat as champions this year, AD is going to have to play superb for them in the last couple of weeks of the season. And then hopefully he can carry something like that into the playoffs because just his presence on the court for the Lakers is going to be absolutely necessary for them to be competitive for a title again. Granted, LeBron is still out dealing with his high ankle sprain. LeBron's going to probably be out for another two to three weeks. 
it wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if LeBron's out for the rest of the regular season, if they just hold them on the shelf until the playoffs start. It gives AD more incentive to go out and just ball out as much as possible. Granted, he's got to get back into the group. I imagine it's probably going to take a week or two to get there. But if he hits his strides and gets back into form like he was in the playoffs last year in the bubble, I think the Lakers are going to be just fine going into the playoffs, and they're going to be a scary team to contend with moving forward if AD is able to recapture some of what he did in the bubble last year. So it was definitely good to see him on the court last night. Just to kind of hit on some other points from that game, um, Christoph Porzingis did leave that game with a sprained ankle. I believe he injured it in the second half of the game. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that. I know Kev was probably happy about Dallas winning that game. Probably wasn't happy about the fact that they won that game only by five points. But a win is a win. Dallas is still kind of in the middle of the pack when it comes to the Western Conference seeding at this point. So we'll see what happens with Dallas. But as far as the Lakers and Anthony Davis are concerned, the main thing with him is just trying to get him back in his groove. And I think as time progresses, I think that will happen. So we'll transition into the New York Knicks, like I mentioned at the top of the episode. And I just want to hit, hit on something here real quick. I remember a few days ago when we recorded our last episode, Kevin mentioned that the New York Knicks were the fourth seed and were about four, four and a half games back of the Milwaukee Bucks for the third seed in the Eastern Conference. And at the time, I honestly thought that might have been too big of a gap to bridge for them to overtake the Milwaukee Bucks for the third seed. As it, sta- as it currently stands right now, the New York Knicks are only two and a half games back of the third seed with the Milwaukee Bucks sitting at that spot. Look, I have to be 100% honest with you guys. It's remarkable that this team has made this big of a turnaround in one year. When, you, when I look at this team, this team was 21 and 45 last year and had the fourth worst record in the Eastern Conference. This was only a year ago. And I honestly thought it would have been more of the same just because outside of the Carmelo era in New York, the New York Knicks have been one of the most inept franchises in my lifetime. They have been just a joke in the NBA for as long as I can remember. I look at this team now and I have to start asking a legitimate question. Can the New York Knicks actually compete for a title this year? If somebody had asked me that at the beginning of the season, I would have just looked at you in disgust simply because typically you'd be looked at as a stupid question. But I'm going to be honest. I have to actually consider it now. When I look at this team, this team has a solid blend of veteran and youthful talent and a coach that has given this team the best chance to win in Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau actually has to be considered as one of the coaches of the year. And I remember Kevin and I, we mentioned Doc Rivers and also mentioned, um, I forget the uh, the Phoenix coach. I'll remember his name in a minute. But when you look at this team, you look at Julius Randle. Julius Randle is having not only his best year as a NBA player, he's in the MVP discussion. If nobody, ha- if somebody does not have him in the MVP discussion, they're just wrong. He is playing absolutely out of his mind 
And to be honest with you, him carrying this team to where it is, is unbelievable. And then when I look at the rest of this team, you got Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose has been great for this team. Is Derrick Rose what he was back in Chicago in his early days of his career? No. They don't need him to be, though. He's consistently putting up points, and he's making a sizable impact for New York here. And then when you look down the rest of the roster, when you factor in some other players like R.J. Barrett, Alfred Payton, and Emmanuel Quickly. Emmanuel Quickly, the last couple games, has actually been doing pretty solid for this team. This team has solid depth to the roster outside of Julius Randle and Derrick Rose. And when I look at them, they have a real shot to shake things up in the Eastern Conference. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks try to play spoiler against teams like the Bucks, the 76ers, and the Brooklyn Nets in the Eastern Conference playoffs this year, just because that they've won eight straight games and they look like that they could be anybody right now. It doesn't matter who they're going up against. They've been some pretty good teams along the way. And just all in all, the Knicks have been one of the biggest surprises in the NBA this year, and I think the league is better off for it. Obviously, I look at some other teams that have been a surprise this year. The Utah Jazz being at the top spot in the East, in the Western Conference, I never expected that to happen simply because I thought the Lakers or the Clippers would have been at the top of the, top of the Western Conference. But, man, the New York Knicks, from what they were last year, and the turnaround that they have had, it's unbelievable. And it gives New York fans a real reason to celebrate just because it's been so long that this team has been looked at as a legitimate contender as far as playoffs go in the NBA. That it, it's just, it's so surprising. It's just shocking to me. And I'll tell you what, Knicks Knicks fans better enjoy it. I'm saying enjoy the ride. I know Stephen A. Smith is probably giddy as hell, just going out and going on ESPN and enjoying what the Knicks have been providing New York fans the entire season and the NBA to a larger extent as well. I love it. I want to see them try to go for that third spot. I thought that that was a bridge too far. But if they keep playing like this, they could make it happen. I can't rule it out. So – Good on New York, and hopefully that they can carry this into the end of the regular season and into into the playoffs as well. So to wrap up the episode, like I mentioned at the top, we'll talk about UFC 261. So we have a pretty big fight here, you guys. We've got a title fight between Kamaru Usman and Jorge Masvidal for the welterweight division. So just to kind of give you guys a background for this fight, this will be the second time that these two guys have fought. So the last time that these guys fought against each other was in UFC 251. And Kamaru Usman defended his belt against Masvidal in a unanimous decision. So on that card in particular on UFC 251, Kamaru Usman was supposed to fight Gilbert Burns and defend his belt against him. However, Burns tested positive for COVID-19 a week before the fight. And Masvidal stepped in to replace Burns on the card in a week. Masvidal took that fight on six days' notice. And at the time, Jorge lost 20 pounds in the weight cut to make the weight for that fight. And when I look back at that fight in particular, 
there was definitely an element of fatigue that Masvidal was fighting through to when he was fighting against Kamaru Usman. And I definitely think that it had a major impact into why Masvidal lost that fight. Because when I look back at that fight, Masvidal was on the ground a couple times and he couldn't really get back up, especially in the later rounds. And I just think that it pointed to just his overall fatigue from losing that much weight. That's a lot of weight to lose in under a week. So now that we go, we transition into this weekend, look, Usman has looked great this year, just to be honest with you guys. Usman has been the title holder for over a year and a half now. And when I look at Masvidal, he does present a major challenge to Kamaro here. Jorge Masvidal has great striking power. His ground-to-pound game is just brutal. And it's going to be a great fight between these two. When I look at it, both men are rested. And this has the potential to be one of the best fights of the year. And like I said, I think when I look at this fight, I think Masvidal is trying to get it. He's going to get re- try to get redemption against Usman in the first fight that they had. But my prediction for this fight is that I think Kamaru Usman is going to win this fight. I think this fight is going to be a lot more competitive than the first go around between these two guys. I think Hori Masvidal's cardio will be much better than it was in the first fight. And I think this will have a five round fight potential. It's just that when I look at Kamaru Usman here, he has been absolutely sensational this year and last year. I mean, when you think about this, Kamaru's been on a tear and he's gone up against big name contenders in the welterweight division. And outside of the Colby Covington fight in 2019, he's won his fights fairly convincingly. He hasn't lost a fight in eight years. And that was before his UFC debut. He's undefeated in the UFC since he entered it. He's been a model of consistency. And I would expect more of the same here. As far as Kamaru Usman's game plan goes, though, I expect Usman to respect Jorge Masvidal's striking power. And I think because of that, I think Usman's going to mix it up a little bit. I think he's going to throw in some leg kicks, some body kicks, try to weaken Masvidal a little bit. He'll definitely try to switch stances just to give Jorge a different look, get him off his feet. And then I think he's going to try to shoot for takedowns if the opportunity presents itself. So I look at this fight. It's going to be a great fight. Like I said, Masvidal has a deadly ground and pound game. We saw that against Nate Diaz about two years ago for the BMF belt. He was able to land some heavy shots on Nate Diaz. And if Masvidal gets Usman on the ground, expect Jorge to make the most of it by trying to land some some elbows in there, try to maybe get some hammer fists in there just to make make things interesting. It's just, I think Kamara's been too good here of late. He's been more current. This is Masvidal's first fight of 2021. Kamaru has already had a fight this year and looks great against Gilbert Burns because Gilbert Burns and him did fight earlier this year. I thought Usman looked great. And I definitely expect this to be a great fight. I think Masvidal is going to make this much closer than it was the first time around. But I think Usman gets the nod here. And I think Usman defends his belt in UFC 261. Like I said, though, This is going to be a great fight, and if you guys get the chance to watch it this weekend, I definitely uh, hope you guys get a chance to see that. 
But with that said, you guys, that'll wrap it up from here. I just wanted to keep the episode fairly light. I know Kev's not here for the episode. So typically we do like an hour, hour and a half long episode. But I wanted to keep it relatively short. So there wasn't a lot going on as far as sports topics go. So just tried to keep it light for you guys. And with that said, though, I thanks for tuning in, you guys. Um, appreciate you guys supporting the channel, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on listening to Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Kevin and I definitely appreciate it. I would expect Kevin to be back for our first episode next week, so it'll be fun to have him back. And next week is going to be a lot about the draft. So the NFL draft is quickly approaching. We have that later next week. So Kevin and I will definitely dive into some of the guys that we think have superstar potential in the top five, top 10 of this year's draft. Um, Kevin and I did mention uh, we had uh, some private conversations about doing a what if scenario on whether or not what would have happened if Michael Jordan hadn't retired after winning his third title. So that'll definitely be a fun topic of discussion later next week. And then we'll talk about some other topics that pop up throughout the week. But other than that, that's pretty much all I got from here, you guys. Once again, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for supporting the channel, supporting the podcast in any way you have so far. And uh, we will see you guys later next week. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women.